Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're a parent, your number one responsibility is to pass your faith to your children. Not just by reading the Bible. That's good. Not just by taking them to Sunday school, wherever that is. That's good. By watching your life. You're required. When you brought that child into your life, you you didn't bring someone that's just going to live and die. You brought someone that's going to live and die and lives forever somewhere. It's a great responsibility. Have you truly considered the responsibility you acquire as a parent when you bring a child into the world? God is essentially entrusting His workmanship into your hands. Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to value children the same way God does. During Jesus' time on earth, He spoke highly of children and spent much time with them. How is your household a good foundation for your child's spiritual growth? In Scripture, Jesus said that if anyone wants to follow Him, they must first become like a child. Do not see yourself as greater than children, but be an example of Christ for them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's message. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, What Does God Want from His House? In your Bible, just write this. Jesus was saying, I am God. Notice, this is the house of God. The church is the house of God. The temple was the house of God. Jesus isn't saying, I'm in my Father's house. Here he says, I am God. Why is that important? If you're going to go to heaven, you have to believe that Jesus was God, is God. Two of our cults will love the people. They just have their doctrine wrong. Joe Witness and Mormon, neither one of those believe that Jesus is God. He was a created being. No, he was never a created being. He has always been. So Jesus says, my house Very important you see it. He says, my house has become simply a a, a place of thieves. We emphasize the word of God because simply it's what Jesus did. Now, how do you do this for your own life? The church, a Christ follower, must be a place of prayer. A place of prayer. Jesus quotes out of Isaiah 56, 7. What does it say? For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. It was the prophet Isaiah who earlier had said one of the main purposes for the temple was to be a place of prayer. Now, keep your finger right there in Matthew. 
Flip back to the Old Testament, 1 Kings. 1 Kings, maybe about the uh, uh, first one-third of the Old Testament. Scoot right on back there, 1 Kings chapter 8. And when you get there, we're going to be reminded when the first Jewish temple was built by King Solomon, David's son, what happened on that opening day? What was taking place in the temple? And you're going to see how exciting it is to go back these thousands of years. 1 Kings chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 10. Now, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform the service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. When King Solomon first dedicated this temple, the presence of God, it was so thick you could cut it with a knife. You couldn't see the screens. The priest couldn't operate. I couldn't teach. That's what happened. Now, when that took place, what God was saying is, my presence is here. By the way, do you know this morning that God's presence is here? He's right here in, in his building, in his place. It doesn't matter where it is. He's, he's here with his people. Well, let's go on down to uh, verse 28. Look at what took place. Give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O Lord my God. Solomon praying. Hear the cry and the prayer of your servant that your servant is praying in your presence this day. God, may your eyes be open toward this temple night and day. The place with which you said my name shall be there so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. Notice how much prayer is involved. Verse 30, hear the supplication of your servant and your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Prayer is huge. See, prayer is simply two-way conversation with God. I get directed by praying to God. By the way, it's not just our corporate setting I'm talking about. In your devotion time, be praying for direction, for insight. Pray for other people. Allow God to minister to you. Just talk to him. That's all it is. It's two-way. And of course, you have to mix your prayers with a little faith. You have to believe that God's listening. He absolutely is. Scoot on back to Matthew chapter 21, where you left off. And Jesus is going to do something very unusual. It doesn't seem unusual to us. In the temple, there was all kinds of places. The court of the men, uh, the court of the women, the court of the Gentiles. Certain people couldn't even go in and worship God. In the Old Testament days, the lame and the blind couldn't go in. They weren't allowed in. Certainly people with leprosy and those kind of things weren't allowed in. Well, here we are at the temple. Watch what God does. Take a look at this. Look at verse 14. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and Jesus sent them away. Is that what it says in your Bible? What's he say he did? He healed them. You see, needy people were always around Jesus. Usually the blind and the lame, as I said, were not allowed in the temple, but Jesus said, whoa, 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 new standard. 
Everybody that comes to me, I'm going to minister to their need. I'm going to reach out. And so not only did he clean the temple, but he started cleaning the hearts of the unfit, those that supposedly weren't even supposed to be there. Understand this today. The church is to be a place of spiritual, emotional, and physical healing for all people. This place, this church, Vieira, it's inclusive. We want to meet the needs of people. It doesn't matter. If a certain person comes in and you go, well, look at her outfit. Or you might be sitting next to someone this morning here in Vieira and you go, I think they've been drinking already. What are they doing in church? Well, now, wait a minute. What do you think they're doing in church? Well, Pastor Mark, a church can't minister to people that dress skimpy and do this and... What? Well, who, who were you before Christ changed you? You were just like that, weren't you? Uh-uh, weren't you? Yes. Notice what Jesus said earlier. He said, I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. So the church has to be a place of openness. Anyone is welcome here. The needy can come. Well, look at verse 15. Matthew 21, verse 15. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, that he had healed those people, this brings up number five. The church, or Christ follower, must be a place of power. When people come to church, I can't meet their need. Now, we can give some food, we can do those things. But you can't meet the need of a person. The deepest need of a person, you and I can't meet. But God can. Just before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave this great principle. Here's what it says, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is not, by any way, shape, or form, a social club. This is not a religious center. We are not the Elks Club or the Yacht Club. This is a place where God's power changes lives. How many of you here in Enviera, over the time you've come, God's power has changed your life? Let me see your hand. Well, that's why we come. This isn't a social club. When these priests saw these people healed, they're going like, what's healing have to do with the temple? Do you know that's the way our churches have become today? We don't expect God to do anything. I pray that when we meet, hearts are changed. Lives are changed forever by the power of God. I got saved on the internet watching you. And I'm visiting a friend, and I just wanted to say hi. See, that's not about me. That's the power of God. It's changed lives. Don't think that this church, like these religious rulers did, is a club that we come to. We just say hi to each other, and we go back to doing our lives without God. By the way, the power of God resides in you this morning. We're to be filled with His Spirit. Well, 
Verse 15, when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David was a messianic term. Listen, the children knew that Jesus was Messiah. The religious priests didn't. When the priests saw this, they were indignant. Now, understand this. Let's see if you learned anything from the earlier part of our teaching. Whenever there's a question in life, Jesus taught us to find our answers from where? Uh, From the Bible. So when there's a question, how to raise kids, who to marry, what job to change, where to move, what we do, we we look here because there's answers. Well, these priests are going to say, what's the deal with the kids calling you the Messiah? Now, give me an idea, just... Just a wild guess here in NVR. Where do you think Jesus is going to answer that question from? You got it right. The Bible. He's going to go, and I mean, he's going to ask it with a very interesting conversation. Look at verse 16. Do you hear what these children are saying? These are the priests talking. They asked him, and Jesus said, yes. Then he said this. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you've ordained praise? Have you never Red? What an insult to these highly trained religious leaders who spent their whole lives reading and studying the Old Testament. But here's the key. We study the Word of God. But see, God didn't give us His Word for information. He gave His Word for transformation. These priests had read this many times. Jesus said, haven't you read? And I could see them saying, well, for sure we've read it. I can tell you the verse. They could. But they didn't know the application of the verse. Guys, we're not here to memorize Scripture. Nothing wrong with that. I'm to memorize Scripture so my life is changed. I'm transformed by that power of God. Well, this brings up number six. The church must be a place of praise and worship. A Christ follower must be a person that praises and worships God. Notice these children were worshiping in the temple. Did you know this morning that God is worthy to be praised and that he created you to worship him? Worship takes my attitude off myself and focuses it on God. True worship is always about the heart. Our heart gets soft. It gets teachable. Worship replaces our doubts and our fears with faith and confidence. Worship always reminds me that I'm the created being and God is the creator. Just before Jesus went back to heaven, something very interesting happened. You see it on the overhead, Luke 24. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him, and they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. You see, the disciples were no longer filled with sorrow or bewilderment or wonder, Everything that Jesus said was true. And as he is leaving, they, they begin to worship him. And their focus isn't no longer on the earth. Their focus is on God in heaven. 
In our lives, all of us are late. We're always late to something. That's not a problem. We're human. We have kids. I can remember the day you get ready for church. Back in, change clothes. How many know those days? You you remember that. Have a flat tire or something. We're always late. I'm not talking about anybody that was late this morning or anybody at Vieira that was late today. I don't even know who you are. I don't care. What I'm talking about is this. In our churches, not unlike other churches, but we don't have to be like them. We've picked up a bad habit. We roll into church about when we're ready to roll into church. Let me just ask you a question in Vieira, same one. If I got on the computer last night and I emailed every single one of you and said this, at 1045 on Sunday, Jesus is going to be sitting in a chair himself at the front of our sanctuary. And Vieira, you're going to, he's going to be there at the same time. We said, well, God can't be in two places at the same time. We you kidding? God's God. And he's going to be there in person, right there. Would it have changed any time change in your life? Do you actually believe at 28 minutes after the service started, you'd stroll in, hey, Jesus, how are you? Glad to see you here today. Cool. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. What is worship about? It isn't to worship the instruments, the people, the drums, me. It's to worship God. This is not a teaching church alone. This is a worship church. What happens in worship cannot be replaced by teaching. Now, listen, I understand we're humans, but we picked up a bad habit. You say, well, that's just kind of my nature. Change your nature. But you understand in the temple there was what? There was worship and praise. And so you guys, some of you come 15, 20 minutes all the time after service starts. And your focus isn't on God. You haven't been healed by his presence. You've entered into the presence of God with nothing. And then I get up to teach and you go, well, at least we're here for for him to teach. That's wrong. It's simply wrong. I believe God spoke to me very much about this. We're not going to be legalistic. That's not the way we do things. It's a habit. Habits are hard to change. So you start changing. Now, do you think God is here every week? The almighty creator of the universe in you. He meets us here in a corporate setting. It's special. Work on it. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your kids. By the way, listen, listen. If you arrive 25, 20, 15 minutes late every week and you take your children to children's ministry and they miss out on the first 15 minutes of worship, what are you as a parent teaching them? That worship isn't necessary. Not not one week, every week. It's just not necessary. But it is necessary. These were little children worshiping God. Sometimes we just have to learn from little children. That brings us to our last point this morning, the church. A Christian follower must be a place of integrity where children are taught how to do life right. Notice in this setting, it wasn't the wise old religious leaders that were setting the case 
It was the children. As you know, in the Jewish culture, children were not obligated to observe the commandments until they became mature enough to do it. Well, in a Jewish setting, it's 13 years for boy, 12 years for girls. Then they would go through the bar mitzvah and the bat mitzvah for the girl and the guy. And at that point, all those years up to 12 and 13, they've been watching their parents, Deuteronomy chapter 6, but they weren't obligated to obey it until they could really know the difference between right or wrong. And at age 13 for boys and 12 for girls, it was at this point that they became obligated to obey the commandments. I want to give you this verse, and I want you to see it. If you're a parent, single parent, it'd be very important for you to write this down. I'm going to go there very quickly. We're almost done. Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. You see, our responsibility is not to impede the truth to our kids, but through our lives and through our church, pass this faith along. Parent, if you're a parent, your number one responsibility is to pass your faith to your children. Not just by reading the Bible, that's good. Not just by taking them to Sunday school, wherever that is, that's good. By watching your life. You're required. When you brought that child into your life, you you didn't bring someone that's just going to live and die. You brought someone that's going to live and die and lives forever somewhere. It's a great responsibility. Now, in our fellowships, we know that some parents just drop their kids off or they come with neighbors or friends or their parents aren't believers. So we have to have hundreds of qualified teachers and the youth, the same, to minister to those kids. We have that. We take it very seriously here. Jesus took it very seriously. The children were a high priority with him. The church kind of looked aside. No, we want to pass along this faith, this faith. In the first century in Palestine, Christianity was a community of believers. Then Christianity moved to Greece and became a philosophy. Then it moved to Rome and became an institution. Then it moved to Europe and became a culture. And then it moved to America and became a business. What does God want from his people? What does God want in his house? Guys, we need to get back to being healthy, vibrant community of true followers of Jesus. The church is to be so much more than a social club or business venture. Today we learn from Pastor Mark how serious God is about his places of worship, especially in regards to how they impact children. The Lord places great trust and responsibility on parents and church leadership to live with integrity and train up children in the truth. Do you value the spiritual development of your children today as much as God does? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. No one likes anything that is counterfeit or imaginary. People like the real thing. Something that is real is factual and genuine. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us what a real Christ follower looks like. A real Christ follower has a real relationship with God. A relationship with God takes time and effort on your part. You cannot expect to have a real relationship with Him immediately. You must invest. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. See